Well, good morning. <clears throat> so good to see everybody here. Uh, we do miss those who, who couldn't be here, who are away at PTP. Uh, I'm excited for them and that opportunity and the things that they will hear from God's Word. And I hope that they'll be greatly encouraged. But I hope you will be too this morning as we look at the idea of stronger faith. Our minds are amazing things. I can put an image like this on the board, and for the kids in Bible class, they can see this image, and immediately thoughts come to mind. When they see this image, they look at the center picture there, and they see Jesus, the cross, and the resurrection. Immediately, they know it's one of the gospel accounts. This is a Bible summary card that we use in our Bible classes, and there's one card for every book in the Bible. And so they look at this card and they know it's a gospel account. They can look and they see the genealogy there. And they see that the genealogy is from Adam. Not the genealogy from Abraham like in the book of Matthew. But they can know that this is from the book of Luke. And they know that Luke talks about women and the poor and the Gentiles more than any other gospel. All from just five little images And these words on the bottom, there's so many things, so many thoughts that are recalled in their mind about the book of Luke. And our minds work that way, and it's really neat that our minds work that way. It's really impressive that we can hear a song, we can hear a word, sometimes even a smell can bring back a memory into our mind. And I want to take advantage of that this morning with this word, faith. What do you think of when you see this word faith, or when you hear the word faith. Maybe you think of its definition. Maybe you think of some examples of faith. Maybe you think of a song, living by faith. Many things happen when we see words and they come into our minds. And that's based off of our experiences in our life. And we all have different experiences. We've all been through different things. And so when I see this word faith, it may mean something to me, but it may mean something different to you, or you may think of something different. This morning, I want us to think of this word faith, and I want to use this trigger, if you will. I want to use this connection. And when you think of the word faith next time, or maybe even for the rest of your life, when you hear the word faith, I want you to think about Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 I can't think of any better place to go into God's Word that is such a great springboard to all the different things that tie into faith. It's a wonderful place to start. So if you would, grab your copy of God's Word. Let's open to the book of Hebrews in chapter 11. We see the importance of faith brought to us in verse 6. In verse 6 it reads, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Faith is important. And it's important that we make this connection in our mind. But just as the Bible card, we hear the word faith, what are we going to connect it to? And that's where we want to spend our time this morning is thinking about Hebrews chapter 11, building that back knowledge so that when we hear the word faith, we immediately start making connections in our mind to things from God's word. He starts off immediately in verse 1 with the definition of faith. Now faith is, 
It says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. When we look into the book of Hebrews, we get a clearer picture of what was being hoped for. The book of Hebrews gives this definition, and then it has a statement where it makes, by faith, these people did these things. But what were these people that the Hebrew writer is writing about, what were they looking for? What were they hoping for? In verse 16, it tells us they were hoping and their desire was for a heavenly country. At the root and at the base of our faith, this is the substance. The hope for a heavenly country. The people that we'll talk about this morning, they got the big picture. They knew who God was. They knew what He could do, His power and His might. And they knew the big picture of God was going to provide a home, a heavenly home. And they wanted to go there. And throughout their lives, through faith, they did many great things. But that's the first part of the definition. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You might say, well, I've heard this definition before. And what does it mean, the evidence of things not seen? I think when they looked to the heavens and they saw the glory of the heavens, they thought of Psalm 19.1, the evidence of things not seen. The, the firmament declares His handiwork. They could see the handiwork of God. They knew that God had promised this heavenly country. They had never seen the heavenly country, but they knew that it existed because they could see the handiwork. There was evidence that God had created things and then God had set things up for us here in this life. And when God set those things for us, that gave them evidence that God was real, that He was faithful, that He was true to what He would say He would do. And so when God said that there's going to be a heavenly country, these people believed it. It was the substance of things they hoped for, the evidence of things they haven't seen. It's a very good definition to think about when you think about faith. I hope that you'll remember that and make that connection here in the book of Hebrews. Faith. By faith. The majority of the book of Hebrews, you see this statement repeated 18 times. By faith. And so I've got 18 points in my lesson to talk about all the by faith. Not really. We will look at all 18, but it will be brief. Eighteen times we see this phrase used, by faith. It starts off in verses 3 through 12, and it begins, the writer of Hebrews begins in verse 3, and he starts with creation, and he comes down through time with Abel, with Enoch, with Noah, Abraham, and Sarah, and he gives examples of their faith. There we go. And then he goes to verse... Verses 17 through 22, and he talks about the patriarch's faith. And once again, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. And he gives examples of their faith. And then he goes into verses 23 through 29, and he talks about Moses' faith. Like I said, there's 18. In the next three slides, I'm going to show you what they did by faith. And I've underlined key words that we can take away and that I want you to consider this morning when you consider the idea, what does it mean to live by faith? 
What does it mean? I have faith in God, but what does that mean? How do I live by faith? The book of Hebrews is very good at teaching us what it means to live by faith. The first ones. Grab your copies of God's Word and we'll go through them here. Verse 3. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. We know that God spoke the Word in the world into existence. We can have faith that that is the case. By faith, Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice. There was something that Abel gave. There's something that, as we live by faith, we need to give. God is after our hearts. By faith, Enoch was taken away and did not see death because he pleased God. It goes on in verse 6. It says that those who... But he who comes... Verse 6, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Enoch believed God, believed that he was, and he diligently sought him. We think about Noah and how Noah was moved in verse 7. But faith, Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear and prepared an ark. He was moved and he prepared an ark. Abraham obeyed in verse 8. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go to a place which he would receive as an inheritance. Our faith is a faith that understands. It's a faith that brings an offering. It's a faith that believes and diligently seeks after God. It's a faith that is moved by the things that God tells us to do. It's a faith that obeys when we're given commands from God. In verse 9 we see where it says, By faith he dwelt in a land of promise that is in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. In verse 10, For he waited for the city with foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith Abraham waited God had made promises, and Abraham waited for those promises patiently. We continue on to the next ones. By faith, we see Sarah in verse 11. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed after she bore a child when she was past age because she judged God faithful. Sarah judged God's faithful in his promises And so she was able to do the impossible. Skipping on down to verse 17. We see where by faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. Once again, giving something, a precious possession to him, his son, the son of promise. Abraham trusted in God. He believed in God, that God would provide, and God did provide, as we know. In verse 20, we see where Isaac, this son of promise, blessed Jacob and Esau. And again, we see where Jacob blessed his grandchildren. And when we read of these things here in verses 20 and 21 and then 22, I think about the blessing of faith and how that our faith calls upon us to bless our children, to teach our children, to raise our children, to prepare them, as it were, for the things that lie ahead. We see, beginning in verse 23, where Moses' parents 
were not afraid of the king's command in which he wanted to kill all the Hebrew babies by throwing them in the river. They were not afraid of the king's command, but by faith they placed him in a, in a basket and preserved his life. Faith draws, throws out fear. This is the third slide here. By faith, Moses chose to suffer affliction rather than the passing pleasures of sin. We see this in verse 24. Moses made a choice in his life. When he became of age, he made a choice. Faith requires us to make a choice. Skipping down to verse 27. By faith, he forsook Egypt. Moses knew that God had told him that they were going to be leaving Egypt and he forsook everything in Egypt and he went with the people, the children of Israel, and they departed Egypt after the plagues were finished. By faith, he kept the Passover. He was given commands and he kept those commands. We see in verse 29, by faith, the children of Israel, as they they were able to cross the Red Sea, they were able to survive the attacks of the Egyptians after they came after them. In verse 30, as they entered the promised land, by faith the walls of Jericho fell down when they were encircled for seven days. And the last one recorded for us is in verse 31. By faith the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. I say all these things not expecting you to remember every single one of those. But I want to set that connection in your mind. I want to set that trigger in your mind that when you think of faith, and if I want to get a better understanding of what living by faith really means, I can go back to the book of Hebrews and I can take each one of these 18 examples that we've just briefly touched on and we can dig deeper and we can gain a greater appreciation for what that means. When we put it all together, this is a statement that came to mind. Living by faith requires us, requires a heart. When when I studied the book of Hebrews 11 here, all the examples that we see were not just a simple obeying of a command. It was not just a simple doing what you were told. It's something that stemmed greater than that. It was stemmed from a substance of things hoped for. It was a faith that kept the bigger picture in mind. It stemmed from their heart. And that from that bigger picture, from understanding what God has in plan and what God has in store, their faith allowed them to understand their situations. Their faith allowed them to believe in the things that God had told them. Their faith allowed them to trust and to do all that God had said to them. That's what it means to live by faith. It means to have that kind of heart. And we all need to have that kind of heart as we think about this idea of living by faith. Faith. Make the connection. Hebrews 11. The definition. The examples. But not only the examples do we have in the book of Hebrews, we have the results of faith. The results of faith are twofold. We see results of faith in times of victory in verses 32 through 
through 35. And I want to take a moment to read this. Because oftentimes when we have the faith that we need to have, we are victorious. We are able to conquer and to do great things. In verse 32 it says, And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith, catch it, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. What wonderful things faith can produce. What wonderful things we have that faith produces. That's one of the results that we see that can come from a godly faith. The next result is times of trouble. And you might think, well, that's kind of contrary to what I was thinking. I was thinking if I had faith in God that everything would be good and everything would be right in this life. But we're not promised that. The Hebrew writer is very clear when he gives us these next details in verses 35 through 38. Listen to what faith produces at times in this life. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trials of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were tempted. They were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. Our faith sometimes can cause us to be persecuted. Just as these people here, and I'm talking about today, about making connections in your mind. And I know many of you, as we read these things, it's not the first time that you've read these things. And as we read through these examples, you think of people when you hear they were stoned. I think about Stephen being stoned for his faith. You think about these examples of faith and people who live by faith and what that brought about. But just remember that when we do what we need to do according to God's word, there's going to be different outcomes. And we need to be aware of that. When we think about faith, we don't need to paint it with a picture that things are always going to be just really rosy here in this life. When I put on the Lord in baptism and I confess my faith in Him, then He's going to put this bubble around me and all things are going to be good. We're not ever guaranteed that. Remember that about faith. And the Hebrew writer is reminding us about these results of faith. So we must remember the big picture when it comes to faith. 
And I want you this morning to make this connection, and I want to strengthen your faith by this connection. I want you to have a stronger faith. I want you to know where to go to, to increase your faith. And because I want you to have stronger faith, I want to give you two things that can hurt your faith and two things that can strengthen or help your faith. Faith. Make the connection. The first thing that can hurt your faith is doubt. You might think that's fairly simple to to combat or to fight. Well, when we read of examples in God's Word, when people doubted, there was times when they could see physically see the Lord and Savior, yet they were made to doubt. When we face things in this life, and we all have different experiences, we all face different trials, what do we do with that? Does it lead us closer to God, or does it lead us to doubting God? Satan is right there trying to instill doubt in us, just as he did to Peter in Matthew chapter 14. I want to flip over there and I want to read a little bit from Matthew chapter 14. We see here where Jesus comes to the disciples walking on the water. And they're in the boat and the storms are raging and the the waves are tossing. And if you've ever been on a lake, if you've ever been on the ocean at night... In the storms, and I know Brother Terry knows what I'm talking about when he <laughs> went to visit. The ocean can be a very scary place when the waves are raging. You feel helpless. And so we see here, starting in verse 29, where Peter requests that the Lord command him to come to him on the water. And in verse 29 of Matthew 14, it says, So he said, Come. And when Peter had came down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. Remember Moses' parents? They were not afraid of the king's command. When we live by faith, we're not afraid. But Peter here was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Get it now. O you of little faith, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? What a perfect question to plug into our lesson today. Doubt is something that will kill our faith. So we need to have that already programmed in our minds that when we come upon hard times in this life, I'm drawing closer to God. I know that there's a danger of doubt when we face hard times. And so I know where to turn to. Where did Peter turn to when he started to doubt? Lord, save me. He turned to the right place. He didn't say, I'm another loss. No one can save me. He knew who could save him. And he turned to him. What a good example we have in Peter. Beware of doubt. Beware of sin. Let's turn to the book of Psalm 38. Psalm 38. Here we have an example of David talking about sin and what it has done to him. And we 
Once again, we hear the term David and immediately our minds are, are brought back to the things that David had done in his life and the sin that he had in his life. And so we can, we can think about those things. And I want to read verses 1 through 15 that talk about David's faith. O Lord, do not rebuke me in your wrath, nor chasten me with your hot displeasure. For your arrows pierce me deeply, and your hand presses me down. There is no soundness in my flesh because of your anger, nor any health in my bones because of my sin. There it is in verse 3. The sin and what it's doing to David's faith. See if you can make connections in your own life when you have faced your own sin. Verse 4, For my iniquities have gone over my head like a heavy burden. They are too heavy for me. My wounds are foul and festering because of my foolishness. I am troubled. I am bowed down greatly. I go mourning all the day long. My loins are full of inflammation. There is no soundness in my flesh. I am feeble and severely broken. I groan because of the turmoil of my heart. Lord, all my desire is before you, and my sighing is not hidden from you. My heart pants. My strength fails me. As for the light of my eyes, it also has gone from me. My loved ones and my friends stand aloof from my plague, and my relatives stand afar off. Those who seek my life lay snares for me. Those who seek my hurt speak of destruction and plain deception all the day long. But I, like a deaf man, do not hear, and I am like a mute who does not open his mouth. Thus I am like a man who does not hear, and in whose mouth is no response. For in you, O Lord, I hope, you will hear, O my God, O Lord my God. David knew where to turn, but we can clearly see the weight of sin and what it can do to us in this life. If David's faith wasn't what it ought to be, who knows what the outcome would have been. But when we face doubt and when we face sin, we need to know where to turn. And I hope you can make that connection this morning when you think about faith. But let me give you two things that can help you with your faith. The first one is Go to God's Word. Not only Hebrews 11 is the only place you need to turn to in God's Word to learn about faith, but Hebrews 11 is a good springboard, as it were, to send you to other places in Scripture where we can learn a great deal about faith. Romans 10, verse 17, it says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. If we want to have a faith that is growing, we have to get into God's Word. And we have to understand... And make these connections so that when we walk in this life, we're able to stand against the evils that we might face. If you want your faith to be helped, if you want your faith to be strong, spend time in God's Word. But not only that, 
spend time in prayer and fasting. Oftentimes we talk about prayer and we exclude fasting. I want you to know this morning that fasting is still a vital part of a Christian's life. And it's something that, when used, can give you great strength. Let's turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 17. And we will see this shown for us. In Matthew, chapter 17, in verses 14 through 21, we see where there's a boy that the disciples could not heal. And so this boy's father brings him to Jesus And Jesus heals him. And in verse 19, we pick up in the story and see what happens. It says, Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? Why could we not heal this boy, Jesus? So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there. And it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. If you feel like you're weak in the faith, you need to get into God's word with prayer and fasting. Two wonderful things that can help you strengthen your faith. And I hope you make that connection. I hope you will remember those things. This morning, I was as was read in the in the scripture reading this morning. Let's go back there once again. Hebrews chapter ten. Hebrews chapter ten, verses thirty six, and I'm going to read down through verse thirty nine. For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. I hope this lesson this morning has helped you, give you stronger faith. I hope it at least has made some connections on where to turn to to gain that stronger faith. It may be that someone here this morning hasn't had the kind of faith that they need to have. We can pray. We can even fast and pray so that your faith may be strengthened as it needs to be. Or perhaps maybe there's someone here this morning who has not put on the faith, who has not come to the Lord and Savior through hearing, believing, repenting, confessing, being baptized and washing away your sins just as... God has commanded us. By faith, Abraham obeyed God. We need to obey Him too. If you have any need this morning, if you'd come forward while we stand and sing the song that's been selected.